something about entitlement that is sort of rampant in our society. I'm already seeing nods. Wow, that is early. Uh, I'm already seeing nods. And I think the place that you see this most clearly is commercials. If you sat down and watched the entire like 12-hour slate of college football games yesterday, you would have seen commercials, commercials and more, more commercials, one after another. And as you go through the commercials, some of them are just showing you a product, but some of them are telling you what you deserve. Maybe you've worked hard enough, you've earned something. Maybe you've gone through a lot, you've deserved something. Maybe all of your neighbors have something, and so you ought to have that too. If you would have watched the, the entirety of the, the games for, for college football yesterday, if you would have watched those 12 hours, you probably would have gone to sleep that night going, oh my, I am owed an Audi, a Big Mac, cheap insurance, and definitely a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> you come away thinking these are all of the things that God owes me, that, that, that society owes me, and, and maybe we start to have that attitude towards God. Is, is we look at our lives and we, we try to point to the things that we are owed based on what we have done. We think it is fair. Let's take a look and see the story of Jesus that Jesus tells about fairness. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. The vineyard owner wants to go out. He, he calls these workers. They agree on a price, and he says, now get to work. It's, it's very simple. He called them who owned a vineyard, and he said, although you're doing nothing, I, I owe you nothing right now. Come and work in my vineyard. The call is put out, and a promise on behalf of the vineyard owner is made. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. What is the one thing that we learn about the people? They were doing nothing. They were standing around. They were waiting. They were inactive. They, they, they hadn't earned a call. It wasn't like, like uh, the, the vineyard owner looked them up and down and said, you, you look like a good worker. You need to come to my vineyard. No, they were, they were standing around. If not the vineyard worker, vineyard owner coming to the workers, they would have stood around all day and they never ever would have received that which the vineyard owner promised. There's another thing here though too. He says that they will get paid whatever is right. I don't know if you're aware of it, but there is a strike going on in Hollywood right now. Maybe that's something that you're, you're keeping a very close eye on. I can say I, I'm really not. Uh, but I, I think I know some of the details behind it. The, the, the Hollywood writers want more money and they, they want some assurances. And so they are, they are striking against the, the Hollywood executives. Let me tell you this. If the Hollywood executives were to come to the Hollywood writers and say, you know what, come back to work. Let's, let's, let's start things back up again. We are going to pay you whatever is right. I think there's a pretty good chance that the Hollywood worker, the, the strikers, would go, what on earth does that mean? Who decides what is right? The one who pays. 
If you sign the check, you are the one that gets to decide whatever is right. And so ultimately, these people are throwing themselves at the mercy of this vineyard owner who says, come and work, and I'm going to give you whatever I see fit to give to you. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. We are now at the point of the day where there's a good chance that by the time these guys at five o'clock got their tools and their tasks, then the whistle was probably being blown and the workday was over and they were going to have to come back, come back in. Yes, this is, this is the equivalent to the 15-year-old boy walking up to his mother as she's taking the last plate out of the dishwasher and saying, hey, can I help you with anything? There's nothing really left to be done. The service that they're about to, to do for, for the vineyard owner is going to be practically nothing, nothing, if not absolutely nothing. And yet the vineyard owner still calls them. He still says, come and work in my vineyard. Very quickly we're seeing that it's not about the work that is being done. The vineyard owner is not super worried about that. He's just worried about calling people into his vineyard. And there's a truth there about the church of God. People in, throughout their lives at different times in their lives are, are called into the vineyard of believers. They are called to, to work in God's kingdom by, by the grace of Jesus. They are, they are called. And sometimes they have 75 years of work in them. And sometimes 75 days. Sometimes you, you see somebody that, that works in the kingdom and they, they serve their family and their community and their church and they are just all out for Jesus and his kingdom. And then you see other people that maybe see service as just a, an extra thing you do when you have a little time on your hands. Let's see how Jesus deals with the situation here. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last one hired and going to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. They expected to receive more because they had seen that even though they were promised just one denarius, that, that was what, that's what the landowner was giving to everybody. So why should they not expect something a little bit bigger? And, and therein lies the problem. Rather than approaching the landowner and saying, this is what you've promised me and this is what I'm going to take, they looked around at their fellow brothers and that was how they tried to figure out what they earned. That was how they were going to figure out what they deserved. And so as they approach the landowner, they think that they are going to be able to tell him, I deserve something more. I deserve more than what you're giving everybody else because I did more work. I braved the brutal heat of the day. I worked like a dog for you. Should I deserve something better no, 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 I'm not saying that they shouldn't deserve anything, but shouldn't I deserve something a little bit grander and more beautiful and bigger than them? When we have this line of thinking, 
it often comes be, because we look at, look at our brothers and sisters in this world in order to find our worth. We find our value before God and what we are doing for him. And then we try to even solidify that value by looking at what our brothers and sisters are doing for God. And, and maybe somebody's doing all of this and somebody's doing none of that. And, and we find ourselves right in the middle. And so maybe then we can pat ourselves on the back and say, you know what? I'm doing okay. And I've earned just enough from God to make me happy. Jesus continues the story. He says, but each one of them also received a denarius. They wound up receiving the exact same thing. And when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Those who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of work and the heat of the day. Maybe this seems a little unfamiliar. Over the last few weeks, we've actually had a lot of new faces show up to our church. And not once have I heard anybody say, I don't like all these new faces. They haven't been here from the beginning. They need to leave. Thankfully, that has not been a comment I've heard in our church yet. But there's something about that, that comparison there, isn't there? That in order to find value before God, we have to, we have to step on others. That, that we revere some as worthy of God's love and others as not worthy. And, and that, that really is the issue here, right? It's that, that that measuring, that comparison game that they did is exactly what we see in the Christian life. And, and it's something that's so easy to fall into because God says, I have made you new. I have made you mine. Now go live that way. And so joyously we say, yes. But then so often we look back and say, and that right there is why God loved me so much, isn't it? Because he knew he knew I'd work in that vineyard so hard. He knew I'd be such a, a devout and faithful worker. That's, that's why he called me. As we see the landowner paying out the workers, we begin to realize something that's true. It is not about the work that they had done. It was about the call from the landowner that they had received. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do, with, do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Brothers and sisters, if you are looking at God and the way that he deals with his people and you are looking for something that resembles fair, then let me tell you today, you are going to be wildly disappointed. Your God is not even close to fair. He is so much better than our perception of fair. He is a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God who so freely and generously gives to you exactly what he wants you to have. Here again, the way that the landowner talks about it. He says, take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. I want to give. That is the sole motivation as to why any of us receive anything from our Lord Jesus is because he wants to give it to us. Regardless of the background, regardless of the age, he wants to give you not what you have deserved. He wants to give you what he has earned for you. 
there's, there's something kind of cool in this phrase. In the original Greek, it doesn't actually say, don't I have the right to do with what I want with my own money? It actually just says, don't I have the right to do what I want with what is mine? That tells the story, doesn't it? Glory, that's God. Peace, that's God's. The resurrection, that's God's. This world and all it has to offer, that's God's. Your life, that's God's. Life eternal with him, that's God's. And he says, I have all of these things, and I want to give them to you. Not because of how long you've been working in the harvest field, not because of how long you've spent in my vineyard. I want to give them to you, not because of who you are, but because of who I am. If you are looking from an objective point of view, this landowner, this vineyard owner is a chump. He just paid a lot to people who did very, very little. Dear brothers and sisters, that, that's grace. When the day that we, we die comes, or, or when judgment day comes, if it, if it comes before we pass, and, and God busts out the scale, and he measures the value of your life, Please, dear brothers and sisters, know that it is not God filling up one side with your sins and him taking your good works and placing them on the other and hoping they balance out. He knocks over the scale. In Christ, he knocks over the scale and he says, none of this. I will have none of this measuring. I will have none of this comparing. Why? Because you are who you are because I have made you so. I have made you mine. And I do with mine as I see fit. Maybe that sounds a little intimidating. That we sort of sound like this, this little bug that, that God can play with however he sees fit. But when we see all of the things that he's done for us. When we see his grace. When we see the fact that he sent his son to die for us on a tree. That he did not, did not spare his only son but gave him up for every single one of us. If you see the way that he treated his son for our sake, how could we not say, throw our hands up and say, you know what, God, however you want to deal with me, go for it. Because I know you're going to do it in love. I know you're going to do it in mercy. I'm going to know you're going to do it not based on who I am, but based on who you are. So what's the takeaway here, brothers and sisters? How do we go into this week Living this, living this type of grace. Please know that there is a reason why Jesus utters those, those last words. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Essentially what he is saying, superiority, inferiority, compared to other people, has no place in the kingdom of God. You are who you are. Because of a deep, abiding grace. God wanted you to call you into his kingdom. And so he did it. Because of who you are? No. Because of what I have to offer him? No. Because he knew that, that we would deserve it in some way, shape, or form? Absolutely not. He called you into his kingdom. 
because he wanted to. Doesn't seem like motivation to us. But that's all the motivation he needed. Amen.